everyone and welcome back to the third episode of the fashion filter with me beth and me Liv. so um crazy that we're on our third episode already i know it has been a little little while in the making though we've had some problems trying to get our artwork yeah <laughs> completed but we shot it a few days ago so when the weather was actually playing ball i mean Finally. it wasn't sunny but it wasn't no like the time before we just had to do it on a weekend because trying to get the light on a weekday when <laughs> like yeah neat like um I finished like a little bit earlier than Liv, but then Liv has to then get home or which is get the, over to mine. Which is the other side of London. So Literally. going from Shepherd's Bush to like the other side of London, yeah. took, it takes like an hour mm-hmm. just on the overground. Mm-hmm. And then by the time I get to Beth, the light's gone. Uh, yeah, we, ma- <laughs> we managed to do it, which means we can we finally start releasing some, which is exciting because we've just been kind of pre-recording the first couple. Yeah, and we had the good old help of your trusty expertise taking images of us. We did. My <laughs> boyfriend very kindly uh, Let's just um, do a shout picture. out. So, photo, photo creds. Yeah, I know. <laughs> shout out to Sam for um, supplying us with decent images for the, the podcast. Exactly. <laughs> so, we can finally um, share with so, everyone so yeah it's been a little while in the making but we're happy to be back and mm-hmm. we're we're at mine this time we're taking it in turns yeah. which is quite funny we yeah. have like a different different location each time exactly. but it's been know. a couple of weeks since we last recorded so there's been kind of quite a few things that we wanted to talk about in that gap definitely so we're gonna just kind of try and start each one now with just kind of a little recap of what we've been up to yeah. and then kind of go into um anything that we think is relevant that's yeah, happened say, in the past of couple of weeks current affairs we've got some q a yeah, exactly. questions to answer mm-hmm. a bit more just kind of contemporary mm-hmm. news that's happening exactly. in the world i feel like that's interesting topics mm-hmm. to talk about <laughs> so how's your week been Liv? week's been good it's been tiring mm-hmm. um i was saying to beth because i've obviously catch up with her violence podcast now which is yeah, before literally. um that I'm going through a lengthy process of kind of interviewing for other places right now. Mm-hmm. Just um, chasing possible avenues into the fashion industry. Mm-hmm. Kind of sticking in e-commerce, just because I feel like it's a good time to be in e-commerce. Future is digital, um, you know, sure. Just with everything that's coming out with Topshop and all these places, mm-hmm. I feel like it's good to be remaining in this sector. And yeah. if anything, it's only getting better in kind of the design side of things. Exciting. Yeah. Which is good. So I've been having a couple of interviews, but my God, the process has been lengthy. It's been so time consuming. It's crazy. Like, I think I've said this before and I've I've kind of read a few articles about it here and there, that there is no other jobs that exist in the world where you would be expected to, like, do a project other than in the design industry. Because it's technically, like, I know a few people that have been, like, mugged off yeah. through projects. And I've read a few things where companies oh, like have taken the work. Got you. That people, they kind of use it as kind of, like, a freelance Actually, thing. I've heard about this, especially yeah. in fashion design, like, for people who are designing clothing. Like, yeah. the companies actually take... Take the ideas yeah. and not take the person on. Yeah, it's awful. And then they see their work being produced and the company is, like, profiting from it. Because yeah. they haven't paid... 
for creative which is work. literally outrageous i mean this copyright industry is nuts and what they kind of expect from you from a design mm-hmm. aspect is just pretty phenomenal considering mm-hmm. you're, you're not even through the door yeah <laughs> it's all about kind of your previous experience so yeah it has been bogging my life down i was i think i worked saturday to the following friday four mm-hmm. hours a night on on the project because you, like you want to put the time into it don't you because you, you really want to make mean, it like good i mean it definitely I guess will push others that just really are not that interested in pursuing it like they w- just won't do it I True, suppose so it kind of pushes out like, it separates the, the chaff yeah. yeah um so I'm kind of glad I did it because it's a job I'm really interested in so watch this space yeah I had to <laughs> no, do I one really hope for the job that I have now yeah and it did take like I put quite a lot of hours into it because yeah. I really wanted the job so like I wanted to show them how much I wanted it so I see why they do it in that respect because it shows them <clears throat> shows them how much you want it and I've seen it from the other side now because we're currently hiring someone in my company who is actually joining on Monday but um my you get a feel boss, for them don't yeah you? my boss sent me the project and was like this is what I've set her and then once uh, she sent through what she'd responded with, she yeah. showed me. And, like, it was interesting to look through and kind of see how someone else perceives the brand Got and, you. like, what they would design for us, only having seen us from the outside. Yeah, I was going to say, because it's that fresh perspective, isn't it? Yeah. And I think that's what a lot, a lot of companies do, and they like people who are just fresh out of uni. Because yeah. I do think you're at your most creative when you're doing your, you're pursuing your own work, and that usually only actually happens mm. um, when you're at university. Because yeah. when you're in the industry, you're working for a company or brand, mm. unless you're very fortunate and obviously get to launch your own. But yeah. I think that's why because you obviously are living in this brand presence of the company you're working for but these other people will have like a fresh idea of Mm -hmm. producing something with fresh eyes and they're they're the people that help shape your business yeah it's true it's just weird that like nothing similar happens anywhere else like you wouldn't be expected to like work however many hours like how many hours did you put into that project do you think oh definitely what so Four hours a night for f- six days. So six, twelve. Do the math. 18, 24. 24 hours. Okay. That's so you, ridiculous. You wouldn't be expected to like work three days for free. Yeah. For like, you know, any other kind of yeah business, and not be paid for it, and then potentially not get the job. Yeah. Exactly. Like people I mean, would be going crazy like, yeah if that was a thing and also but, like working full-time alongside it so you know having to get up at seven I'm so getting essentially home working like two jobs for a few days yeah so it? I get up at seven I'm out the door by like eight and then I'm back at seven and then four hours of work which just takes me to like 11, 11 that's the whole day and then done and I was doing that for a week so definitely you have to want the job to be able to put that much effort in which has shown me that I actually am passionate about the company I'm going up for but Mm. at the same time the realization of what companies expect from you is Mm. pretty nice Mm -hmm. um but I guess one positive thing is that the work they set me is what I would be doing 
Mm-hmm. So if I really didn't like it, then get a real feel for you it. get a feel for it before actually pursuing the job. Mm-hmm. So for some people, they might be like, this is not me. Like mm-hmm. I did really enjoy it. But the thing is with me, it's just like I knew I was under a time constraint. Yeah. So I think it subconsciously was just like, oh, I've got to do it. Mm-hmm. But if I just had like more than a week, because they gave it to me on Friday and it had to be in the following Friday. So mm-hmm. I only had a week to turn it around. So I literally used that whole week to do it. Yeah. But if I had obviously a month or something, like mm-hmm. I would have just been a lot more relaxed with it Mm -hmm. but anyway tell you something we did yes we've last recorded we both went to graduate fashion week oh my god we went to graduate fashion week (laughs) totally forgot about that i mean your experience though i mean i want to know more about what you thought of it because i went after work and Mm -hmm. i only got there an hour before it shut so i only went and visited our old university to um speak to our lovely old teachers um but I think for you like you were there for a little bit longer because didn't you go with Saturday when it I, first I went on a Sunday okay mm-hmm. but I pretty much just went to just to see yeah. the work that our course had done and uh catch up with my lecturers mm. I don't know I find it a bit awkward like walking around looking at other people's work because <laughs> I went in as um industry because otherwise you have to pay for a ticket. I know, it's great. So I just registered as industry. So then they I give you like it. a lanyard that says it industry. Was the, it was the easiest thing to do though. I know, you just like and put your work email address in. Yeah. I didn't even have to do that. Did you not? No, I didn't have to put in my next course email. Oh, there you go. That's what I mean. They did like anyone could <laughs> no just walk in as industry. It was absolutely hilarious. So then, when you're walking around, people like you see like the students kind of looking at you, like, yeah. who, who are you from?" Kind of thing. Yeah. So it's like I don't want to. I don't want to do that. Oh, I like, see. Like you don't want to go around and. <laughs> I don't want to go around and flick through. And they think work that you're like reviewing like, them for a future like job it. opportunity. Yeah, exactly. That's so funny. So, but yeah. I think. It is really overwhelming in general. Mm-hmm. Like going to Graduate Fashion Week, the, it, there's so much. It's so intense constantly. Mm-hmm. I think you have to be like in the right state of mind. And I, I had personally been at work all day and it was really hot. So I'd got off the tube, I'd walked from Liverpool Street to obviously near uh, Brick Lane and I was just like in heels. <laughs> I was like, I don't know why I did that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, yeah, it would have been a lot more relaxed like if I did go on a weekend. But I imagine then there would have been more people. I don't know. It just seems very busy. It was a weird vibe. Like, everyone is really there to meet people from industry. And no one from industry is going to go on the weekend. Yeah, that's true. Because they're going to go during work hours. Yeah, true. So it was kind of like a weird vibe. Like, it was mostly just kind of, I don't know, like you know, people interested in studying the courses or, yeah. like, stuff like that, like, not actually industry there. That was kind of vibe that I got. But what did you think of the work that you did see at our university? Really interesting, like, there's such... Because there's more of them than there was in our yeah. year. Um, it's kind of natural there'd be more of a range yeah. of work. But there was, like, a big range. And lots of, like very different kind and of diverse. aesthetics yeah i like, noticed that actually it's really great i think they're like really channeling channeling um brand identity or kind of like individual visions which yeah. i think is great like a lot of people i saw were mixing mediums of like illustration yeah um photography politics there's mm. quite a few uh, books i picked up picked up and it was all about um kind of women's health and periods and in the industry and what Mm. it means to be a woman and all this it's all really relevant really interesting and it just proves that anything can make up the fashion industry like Mm. it doesn't have to be just about clothing or 
photographing clothing or jewellery. Yeah. It can be so much more than that. And I think that was really interesting, actually. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's something different from what was produced art from our year of work. I think we were all very aesthetic-driven mm-hmm. to a certain extent. Um, but this time I feel like it was a lot more political. Maybe it's just with everything that's going on in the world. I mean, it's, you know... Yeah. I, like, particularly admired how strong, like, a lot of people's, like, personal branding and tastes was. Like, mm-hmm. you could really tell by looking at their work kind of what kind of person they were like... And that it was, their work was very much them. Whereas, because I think it's because I was, it's something that I've kind of struggled with is that I'm quite fickle in terms of my tastes. Mm -hmm. And I kind of liked when I was at uni to kind of dabble in lots of different things. And I really admired people who had a very strong kind of personal style. And everything that they made looked like them. Whereas it's just not something that I was... I don't know. It's just. I agree with that, actually. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, no, I do. a lot of the girls, like, you know, there was a couple of very, like, retro pieces of work, and you could you could tell kind of what else also on the stand belonged to them. To and them. And you could get a picture of and what that, they looked like. And I think well that is actually it. really good, like, walking into industry, because, you know, everyone you that's know used. Who you are. Yeah, yeah, and everyone that's then used for kind of jobs is because you're very good at that one area. Like, mm. if you want a photographer that specialises in film stills with neutral tones you go to this person or do you know what I mean so like mm-hmm. if you have that brand identity and keep it with you I feel like it can really help establish yourself in industry and mm-hmm. people will know you for your aesthetic potentially yeah. in that respect mm-hmm. which I think is really interesting yeah um they yeah. had a um like LVMH lounge this yeah year, you said about which this we didn't have last year I mean that's pretty big it's I don't know where that's come from. Like, I don't know. I was talking to my lecturer because I said I was pretty set when I was at Graduate Fashion Week this time last year that I wanted to work in luxury. Yeah, for LVMH. Like, yeah, similar yeah. kind of brands. Hermes or yeah. Louis yeah. And I was like, this seems pretty pointless to me because all the people that are coming to this are high street primarily. Like, there's a lot of high street like sponsorships yeah there's a lot of like Sainsbury's like two yeah, like TU or whatever exactly. and stuff like that George and whenever someone that's like works for one of these brands comes in like who is it um DVF came in Diane von Furzberg whatever her oh, name is oh right yeah I think she came in and she literally had like three chaperones the whole time that she was hilarious. in it's like is that really necessary so no one got to like chat to her. It's because you're mixing with the stars. Exactly. It does but weird it's like, stuff to people. Oh, so unnecessary. So like I I didn't get to meet anyone that was in like the kind of um, market that that I wanted to be in. Yeah. So in in some senses obviously it was very useful. Like I got to practice kind of talking through my work and stuff, but at the same time I didn't make any connections that were actually useful to me. So it's like mm, we were chatting about like do we feel that Graduate Fashion Week is useful to people that study fashion but not fashion design? Like, how much is there there for people like us? Yeah. Like, not that much. But what, no, I know what, what you mean. Cause they, be? Yeah, because they don't really... And that is a good point, actually. Like, Graduate Fashion Week is more famously known for the catwalk, for yeah. designers taking the catwalk. And for people like me and you who didn't do design, who didn't make collections... We were, kind of in the shadows we were just exhibiting our work alongside 
the design people that were showing their portfolio. So really they had two... Yeah, two things. Two things over us, which was just on the stall. So I do think, like, they need either, like, a film reels, like, sessions and stuff like that. And, like, panellists go to the... Do you know what I mean? Not just yeah, not they just need film, to do but they need stuff sure. like that. Um it's like, our industry's I mean, they did growing. have competitions, didn't they? But, but so did they for fashion design as well. There's loads of fashion design competitions. True. So, Graduate Fashion Week. <laughs> mm, I don't know. It's Listen a strange one. Yeah, no. I get that. But I mean, Maybe there needs to be another event, like, separate from Graduate Fashion Week. Yeah, I maybe there does. Maybe it will evolve into something. Because also, I don't feel like we fit in with new designers, but new designers is more for, like, product design. And textiles. And textiles and stuff like that, so... Illustrations, new designers. So, it's like, where do we, where do we fit in? Where do we know. go? That's a whole other topic. Yeah, for another day. But, um, so, what have you been listening to, watching, reading? Is there anything? i tell you what I did a couple of, was it a couple of days ago? More like a week ago mm-hmm. now. Is I signed up to this website mm-hmm. called Her, H-U-R-R, mm-hmm. Her Collective. And I listen to a lot of podcasts because I'm out and about quite a lot with work. And, like, when I commute, because I'm on the overground, like, I can listen to stuff. And it's just... I usually am carrying stuff, so, I like, I don't want to be watching something. I'd rather be listening to something. Mm-hmm. And I've got my hands yeah. free. And the founder, I think Victoria is her name, she was on Keeping It Candid podcast. Oh, uh, okay, cool. To, yeah. Like, Sophie Milner and Millie Cotton's podcast. Just talking about the, the, um, the website. And it's basically, like, a clothing rental platform which is mm. nothing new like there's a few of them like remember you were going to get your graduation dress from one do you remember you were going to get a um oh hi the self-portrait oh as in dress. sorry yeah self-portrait yeah, yeah. Was it, where was it from? Hire the Catwalk. Yeah, Hire the yeah. Catwalk. Because I, I really wanted to get into, like, renting stuff because all these dresses are, like, really expensive. Well, I say self-portrait is expensive. It Probably is now, because I work at Nesporter, I'm like, it's not actually as expensive yeah. as other things that we stock. But it is like pricey, the average person. you know? Yeah. yeah, it's pretty pricey. Mm. So, like, I had heard of it before, but, like, the way she was talking about it, I don't know, she seemed to have, like, quite a fresh approach like the brands that she was talking mm. about the ones that she really wanted to stock like much more current like Rixo, Realization Pa, um, Ganny kind of very kind of up and coming yeah, not say super then, high price point but they're mid-market yeah but still like well they are designer actually a little bit pricey like a dress from Realization Pa is probably going to be about I'm saying Ganny is probably like you can get yeah. some stuff like 250 yeah Rixo is probably like 150-ish for dress. Do they do reformation? Reformation, yeah. yeah. I don't... Is it reformation or reformation? I would call it reformation, Everyone but does, but I'm like, but it's reformation, isn't it? That's how you say it. I don't Confused, know. like you spell yeah, it Yeah, they stock them as well. So it's okay. like, okay, yeah. like these are brands that I'm like genuinely interested in that like, you know, you see a lot of people like influencers wearing mm. and stuff. But I can't remember if it's realisation part of reformation or both of them that are... US or Australian or something like that and yeah, to get them yeah. shipped over it costs a lot costs a bomb Reformation's only in um well it's kind of US based but now like Farfetch and Netaporter and people are stocking it yeah. into the UK but yeah it, it's so much harder and also it costs like ta- like tax and stuff like that exactly. like to get Kylie Ends Jenner up, lipsticks like, I remember going through that whole like thing 40 pounds that's ridiculous 
And then if it's the wrong size, you're, then it's like... Yeah, and then you're, you're just out of pocket. Back. Like, it's such a commitment. Yeah. And I think that's the issue. Yeah. So I think it's a good way to, like, branch into brands like that. And um, she was saying she had, like, a waiting list. Mm-hmm. Because she kind of personally vets everyone that signs up. Yeah, got you. Like, you have to go through kind of... Vetting to make yeah, sure like that you're... Yeah, like, you have a call and yeah. you have to um, be ID'd and stuff just to mm-hmm. make sure you're legit. And I was like, this is interesting. Like, I have kind of a few bits that are, like, worth a little bit of money that I've picked up through, like, interning different places and stuff that are just sitting there in my wardrobe maybe I could, like, try and make some money from them, like, on the side. But how how long do, can people borrow? So they, like, request how long they want to borrow it for, and you can either say yes or no. But, like, price? So, like, it's per week, the price. Right. So, but you set the price, and you include in the price... Like a damage. Like, dry cleaning fee. Oh, okay. So then... I was going to say, because if not, it, like, I feel like so many people would be breaking a heel. What happens if they break it? Like... I don't... I can't do they pay a fee? Like, the ins and outs, but, yeah, like, they would have to recover the costs. Yeah. Because, like, for me, the reason I didn't go to hire the catwalk in the end is because I'm pale and I was going to fake tan and I didn't mm. want to get it on the dress and then be like, crap, it's not coming out and then have to pay a massive bill. Mm-hmm. So, that for me, like, it's a big... Thing. Like, if mm. I was going to do it, I'd have to be really set on, like, the colour of the dress and everything. Yeah, um, I love careful. the idea. Like, I love the idea. I just don't know if I'd use it. Yeah. It's interesting. Like, she recommends, like, the price that you should set, set them it at. Okay. Because they make money from it as well. So they've got an interest in you setting the price point it's higher. It's almost a bit like eBay, isn't it? Like, they take a cut. Yeah. Of, like, your earning? They take a cut because I think they will um, cover, like, some costs, I think, if there is kind of a dispute somewhere between you and the person you're lending it to. Like, Got you. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So you'll never Well, that's good. I think out. that's that's strong. That's but, good. Um, so, yeah, like, I've listed some of my stuff on there. Like, I've just put it quite low to begin with, mm-hmm. like, 10% of what it's worth. Because also, like... If things that you've bought are, like, actually worth quite a lot of money, like, £800, even if you set it at 10%, £80, if someone's borrowing that for a week, £80 is still a lot of money, like, to borrow a bag or a dress for a Mm -hmm. week, like, you could get quite a lot of things from, like, H&M with £80. Yeah. So, it's a tricky one, it's like, because I've been looking, like, I've got a not that many events, but, like, I'm going to Wimbledon, for example. And it's Are like, you? oh, do I borrow something for Wimbledon? But it's still, like, I think with the lower price point stuff as well, like a realisation pass, 150 they're not going to put it on the site for £15. Yeah, they're not. like, that's nothing. So they're going to put that at maybe, like, 60 mm-hmm. which is 50%, which is, like, quite a lot. It's mm-hmm. like, do I want to pay £60 to wear a dress once, like, for one event. Like, I get you get it for a week, but, like, I've only got one event in that week that I want to wear it to. So it's like yeah, or it's, like, lot. it's annoying that you can't pay for it just one night and then you yeah. pay, like, a much less less of a price just for, like, one evening instead of having it a whole week. Because, yeah, like, you might just have it sitting in your wardrobe. Yeah. And not wear it the other nights. Do you know what I mean? 
Yeah, I think for like, I would only consider it, I think, if I actually wanted to be like pretty bougie for a wedding and like for be a wedding guest and wear like a really nice ganny dress. Yeah. But for something kind of more low-key like Wimbledon, don't think it's worth it. But yeah, I think it's a nice stepping stone like into brands as well. Like Yeah, and also it's like more sustainable. Totally. It's it's hitting that market in terms of like reusing. Mm. So, you know, what what's someone like you like you were saying, you might not wear the item that much that you have. Somebody else could get so much use out of it, but then you also don't have to give them the commitment of, like... Like, you don't have to give it away and not be able to have it back. Mm-hmm, like, you totally. can just temporarily give it away and earn for re for people reusing your stuff. Like, that's, I mean, that's a great concept, and I completely... People have got, like, it. many businesses out of it. Like, it's it like does Depop. make me wonder. It's like, it's like, if I was to buy maybe, like, yeah. a couple of things from Realisation Par that I really liked. Oh, yeah, and, and then, then just put start... them on the site, and then I could probably get back what I paid. Definitely. And then I've got the dress for free. If not more, because yeah. people could just keep, yeah, wanting it. I just think, at the moment, there's not enough people on the site because of it's the whole It's probably on the brink. Thing. It's probably at the brink of, like, becoming really big, though. Yeah. You wait in a year, once they've got the right influencers behind it to support it, yeah. it will skyrocket. Because I haven't had, like... My stuff has only been up, like, maybe like, two weeks, mm-hmm. but I was really hoping, like, I would get, like, some traction, probably put, like, about six things on there, mm-hmm. so, like, it would be really nice, and that could, like, go in, like, holiday fund or something. Yeah, that's so true. <laughs> so Hashtag London cross. broke life, you know? Yeah, it would be nice. I mean, like I say, they're all just sitting there, so it's, like, it seems a shame, like, if yeah, I, if I had, kind of, if I was older and I had, like, a niece or something, I'd be like, oh, you know, wear these, like, love yeah. them. Like, oh, my God, that's I so cute. Them, just but... want to share it with someone. I'd, I'd wear it all for free for you. <laughs> we can have wardrobe swap. Thing when, is, though, like... If you come and live near me, then we can just Oh, my God. Uh, I feel like we wardrobes. do that already. You, like, we buy each other's wardrobes. Like, Literally. that blazer situation. I, get, I bought like, this blazer. Liz's recommendation. And I bought this blazer, and then me and Beth, like... like I ended up giving you my one because I was like, it's a little bit big and then you put it on. I was like, it looks so good on you, but I still want it. So then I went and bought it and then we ended up doing our album artwork in it, There's which is hilarious. There's been a few times that we've turned up and, and like, all of we the, look yeah, the same. All of our Bershka jeans, yeah, you know. We're just, we're just so in sync. Yeah. We're just, <laughs> we're just so in sync with one another. <laughs> no, that sounds like a really great app. I'm, I'm interested in apps like this and I, I was looking at one the other... No, today actually is really bad. I think it's called Regain. Right. And I'll have to correct if I'm wrong with the name, but it's because I briefly looked at it when I was at work. <laughs> I do this sometimes. I like try reading into articles of like the current fashion news and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but the concept is that you send away 10 or more items from your wardrobe mm-hmm. and you take it to 20 there's 25,000 different spots in the UK which you can drop it off at so it could be like Royal Mail Hermes um DPD yeah um and it will tell you where it's illegible for you to like send it off to yeah you send it to this company and it they um then you then generate like this code which is vouchers off for lots of different shops. Where does the clothes go? 
the clothes go to the company and they recycle okay. it, oh, but then it, yeah. you generate like a di- discount code for all these um, brands that signed up with them. So there's like, I don't know, loads of shops. I think they might have like H&M and Topshop and all this. So you you huh. generate like you generate like a discount code. Yeah. And I really love the concept because it's it, it is driving into like sustainability and you know I think it's a, a very very big topic that we need to touch on, but it's still teaching people to buy stuff. <laughs> This is the thing. I know it's like recycle something old what to get do you something do with new. Your, what it's do you like, do with your clothes really... you don't want anymore? Um, charity shops. That's the I thing. I always, or my mum takes them to, um, what do you call them? Like clothing bank or? Uh, either clothing bank or like a, where you go earn money and give it to charity. I can't remember what you call it. Yeah, I would take all of my clothes to either H&M, because you get a £5 Oh yeah, voucher. H&M, I used to do that, and then it became a chore trying to f- fit it in their bloody things. I know. They don't make it easy for you. <laughs> like, or, make it easy. Yeah. Or I um, give it to charity. Yeah. And I do question, like, is there anyone out here that actually puts their clothes in the bin? Because obviously I know that's what the, everyone's trying to get people not to do. But I don't know if it's just me and, like, the circle of people I know. But I don't know anyone that puts their clothes in the bin. Everyone I know either gives it to charity or puts them in recycling. So, that I don't know why they still need to do initiatives like that. Because, like, I remember I was reading something, like, a little while ago where, like, charity shops are physically having to turn stuff away well, that's because really they have so much stuff because yeah. people are going through so much stuff and being like oh it's okay I'll just give it to charity like and have then you ever they walked into have... like a charity shop that looks empty they're no. always like heaving Replenished. no that's actually really interesting I never really thought of it from that aspect but I... the only thing is like I do know people that I think the issue is with like these fast fashion places like Boohoo and Misguided are they're creating they're creating stuff that is so cheap that people feel like they can justify throwing it away. I think that's the issue. So people are like, oh, you know, I'll take all these bikinis or holiday dresses on holiday. If I wear them and they all covered in makeup, I'll just leave them there. And I know a lot of people that just leave their clothes in hotels and we'll just put do it in the you? bin. Yeah, oh loads of, or like boxes or that. knickers or bikinis and. I've been on holiday with some people that have done that. And I think that's the issue. I think it's creating products which are such a pro- like cheap price, which, you know, the person who's creating that in, like, a sweatshop is definitely not getting paid a fair wage because yeah, they can't no for the cost of then the item that you buy at. Yeah. Um, you know, so what happens? So that whole system isn't sustainable. Like, it's, a, it's just a joke. I remember reading an article once, like, a little while ago of um, one of these third world countries, I can't remember which one, was physically having, again, to, like, decline, like, uh, clothing donations Mm -hmm. because they were having kind of second-hand problems from us where we were just shipping all the stuff that we didn't want over to them. Over to them. So we were like, oh, they they want it. Like, they don't have, like, clothes. And it came to a point where they had, like so many of like our leftovers like they didn't know what to do with them either i do think the uk is particularly bad though like i think we are statistically actually the worst over like america i don't know about america but we are like one of the worst places for going through fast fashion and you know there's an argument like 
stop flaunting it in my face, H&M and Topshop and all these places, or even online, stop flaunting all this new stuff. They literally drop, like, 100 new pieces a day or whatever. I feel like that contributes to me equally buying it as much or as fast because they keep on bringing out all this stuff. But at the same time, they are going on customer demand because they we they want it faster the the day, aren't they? yeah and also yeah they're just like any sale is good sale any set but it's not stopping is it and now like if they do try refrain from how much they are creating they would all go under yes yeah, someone so else literally would just do it that doesn't have any morals yeah and they would you know get all the custom so it's, it's just like, I don't know how we revert back from this, to be honest. And a, a lot of people have actually previously asked me, like, on Instagram, like, because obviously I've, I've um, done blogging in the past and I do do blogging and kind of the consumption in terms of getting sent stuff and what I do with it. And it's really interesting, actually, because I know some people that will wear an item and then the next day they're selling on Depop, but they have probably been gifted that item for free and then they're making a profit by selling it on. And it's something that I've never personally actually done because with the relationships I try to build in the fashion industry, I want to keep them as a really strong relationship. And I do feel like as a company, if I'm investing in you as an influencer to promote my clothes, it's because I want you to genuinely love them and not just be like, I love this outfit. And then the next day it's up for sale. Um, But then at the same time, if they're not going to wear it, somebody else can wear it. But I think the whole thing of being being an influencer is don't wear it if you don't love it. It's true. It does, like, it's a bit of, like, a moral dilemma, isn't it? Yeah. In the fact that selling stuff you've been gifted. Like, I know some influencers, anything that they sell that they were gifted, yeah. they will give the, um, like, the money they make to charity. That's Which I think good. is great. But then I know that other people would argue that, like, that them selling that is a part of their income. Yeah. And they rely on that to kind of make up the extra money, perhaps if the job wasn't paid that well because the brand was like, oh, we'll pay you in clothes. Yeah. Kind of thing. So it's like, it's a bit of a, like, a sticky one because it doesn't sit great with me either that, like, if you've, if you got given something for free you're then going to sell it to me. I don't know, it's a bit of a... It's a slippery slope, one. isn't it? Yeah. It's like, I don't really know what's right or what's not, but it all fa- falls down to social media. I, mm. I literally think, like, influencers are born as a result, really, of social media. Definitely. Um, and all of these problems of sustainability and all of these e-commerce yeah. brands like Boohoo and Misguided and that is because of social media mm-hmm. and it's because we are flicking through thousands of pictures a day of people wearing new stuff and it makes us want to buy it and it's just too much like I don't I don't honestly know what the future holds for us in terms of sustainability and you know the social media and our emotional <laughs> well-being mm. I think it's I'm I've personally really gone off it at the moment like I'm on Instagram the least I've ever been on it before like, I'm, I'm not into it. I'm really not enjoying it. I'm not enjoying posting. I'm not enjoying viewing other people's content that much. I've just, like, completely blanked out of it, mm. which is odd. I'm just, like, genuinely mm. not interested right now. But I go through cycles where I'm like, I hate it. I love it. I hate it. I love it. I don't know. What about you? What do you think? I don't know. I'm kind of, like, a similar kind of situation, but just with fashion in general, is that I really haven't bought that much 
recently, like, mm-hmm. which I'm pretty proud of. And, like, every month maybe I'll buy myself something that I've really been wanting that's, like, quite a considered Like the Converse. Purchase. Yeah, that I know I'm going to get wear from. Yeah. That are not super low price point. So, yeah, like, two months ago... I bought a pair of black Converse because I felt like I I used to have a um like the Adidas Campus black trainers yeah and I just feel like I need a pair of white trainers and a pair of black trainers yeah and once my black ones were like dying a death I was like I need to replace these and because so I just wore them to death I was like I really want the black high top Converse yeah. so I bought the black top high top Converse and I've worn them like most days since yeah. And then, like, it started to get a little bit warmer. So it's like, okay, I need, this year, like, I need a good pair of sandals that are going to last me all summer. Like, mm-hmm. a good, solid mm-hmm. pair of sandals. Because last year, um, last summer when I was interning, I didn't really have much money. So, like, I couldn't afford yeah, to, like, get, to get, like, a really then. nice yeah. pair of sandals. So I bought some Birkenstocks with my paycheck this month, which I know gonna last me like at least this summer if not next maybe even the one after like if I look after them mm-hmm. but like again that was my like big purchase because they're not super expensive but like they're not cheap they're kind of like the 50 like right. 50 60 quid mm-hmm. I think they're more like 60 mm-hmm. so I've got like the ones that have a, like a strap at the back yeah so it's like I've tried to really think about what I want to get but I don't know, my style, like, as a result of that, some people would probably say, like, it's quite boring, because I only buy stuff that's, like, everything's but interchangeable. you know you're going to wear it. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's, like, quite simple, like, jeans, striped tops, Like, I feel like you're quite t-shirts. a classic dresser, you're not much of a trend buyer. That's which the is, thing, I've kind of grown yeah, out of good. it, I think. I think, yeah, I think once you realise, like... I don't need that it. you can't be frivolous with your money you start yeah. thinking of like okay what are the things that are going to get me by yeah um yeah because I feel like I delve in and out of that but obviously when I collaborate with companies mm, um I fortunately you. get gifted stuff but I will always try get things that I'm genuinely gonna wear mm-hmm. so you know like classic pieces that are yeah, not gonna or, go out of fashion or I will try get seasonal pieces that I wouldn't of thought to bought myself that actually I'm really in love with and I end up wearing it loads like mm. it just kind of works either way um but yeah I think it's a process that needs to be kind of narrowed down and I think there is a lot of the, for the market of in um for influencers to kind of work on sustainability and I think they could be channeling their energy a lot more into telling their like in, their followers um, and educating them just a certain respect it doesn't have mm-hmm. to be like oh, I know x y and z about sustainability I don't think it needs to be like that I think that's the whole thing that freaks everyone out mm. like you know what makes it easy for you like everybody will naturally do different things to be sustainable I think it's just about having a genuine conversation and like breaking down mm. the barriers because right now it's just such like a big topic mm. everyone's like oh god sustainability do you see what I mean like we yeah. should treat it like a bloody I think they're in the same, like, predicament as a lot of the brands in the fact that they know that if they put up, like, haul videos and stuff, they're going to get views. Yeah. So a lot of people do that to get the views, to help them grow. But then, yeah, then they're kind of feeding into that. But it's, it's a hard one for them to kind of navigate because... 
they want to do the content that people want to watch that's going to get views that's going to earn them money and also like a majority of all these sustainable clothing places that are being launched are so expensive i can't afford it no it's true so it's like where is that mediocre you know where's the middle ground Mm -hmm. i think it's kind of what h&m are trying to branch into i mean h&m are but i think it's a conscious collection they're like they're trying they are and they they are and they are doing some great stuff but i think for me somebody needs to it's only companies moving forward that can actually make this change that start from day dot as sustainable mm-hmm. that can stay sustainable because there's no way h&m could fully go sustainable they like wouldn't major, be able to do it major, yeah it's like come out of nowhere and like everyone and their mum owns a pair of vages oh my god everyone at netta porter does i'm about to buy some are you <laughs> yeah i'm gonna I buy some like before some. I, yeah if i leave netta porter so yeah yeah and everlane have you heard of everlane like yeah, they've been doing like quite a lot of influencer stuff recently yeah i think it's like there are a few that are beginning to like branch into it um mm. but a lot of them are like it's hard it's not kind of like as known as boohoo or you misguided it's not the same cheap price is it and there's a lot of people that won't refrain from going to those websites and neither should they i think you know in some ways they've done so well for themselves but i think change needs to come and actually quite interestingly i saw that boohoo have launched a 34 piece collection sustainable completely sustainable yeah um out of stuff that's basically just been been put on um been left on landfill and they've recycled and re made it into something new and they've got um like videos of three different ways to wear this top and they started doing stuff like that i think that's really good for their market because mm-hmm. it shows that you can like style up a top in three different ways wear it evening daytime or you know out for a lunch or something mm-hmm. um and it also shows you different ways to be sustainable either it's like you put your um washing onto like a 30 percent wash or something like that there's a lot of like basic things that everyone can do but no one thinks about no one does like I remember when I was at uni it's like some of the people I lived with um would put their washing on um like a two-hour wash and it's just something that I always did at home when I lived with my mum is our washing was never on a wash for more than 30 minutes yeah and my clothes didn't come out dirty. They didn't come out smelling. Exactly. Like, it's just unnecessary. Like, it's annoying sometimes that, like, you even have those settings. Yeah. Because they're not needed. Like, you don't need to wash anything. Yeah, why do they give you the choice? To be honest, they should really be, like, only having two or three settings for each washing machine. And it can be, like, yeah. a slow, middle or fast. But they have so many settings. It gives people yeah. too much choice. The only reason I ever wash something on a hot wash is if, like, um, for bacteria Bacteria reasons, reasons yeah. Like, like uh, bedding. Like, tea towels or, or bedding. Yeah, stuff, stuff like, like that. that. But all of my clothes yeah. will always just go on, like, a cold wash. Yeah, and also it said on, on the website, like, um, refrain from um, putting on regular washes. Yeah. Like, just build Something up we were literally and talking use, about, we like, were. 30 seconds before yeah. we recorded, as, as Liv was saying, that washing is the bane of her life. <laughs> yeah. It is the bane of my life, but at the same time, I don't do washing that much. Like, I will let it become a big pile. Like, yeah. a big pile. Because mm-hmm. I'm not having to do it for, like, my boyfriend or a, a yeah. household. I just do it for myself. Like, when it's full. Yeah. Not, not, not for, like, yeah. three things. Which I think, and that is being sustainable. I think a lot of people just don't realise that you can be sustainable. Small or people subconsciously are. And they yeah. feel like once they're part of that community and feel like that, it's going to help, like, change everything. Yeah. But, um, 
I like it's I don't wash topic. anything unless it's dirty or yeah. it actually smells, which yeah. is like a little bit gross. But yeah. I don't really sweat that much, so yeah. my stuff doesn't. It takes a while, yeah. like for it to smell. Me too. So it's the only like, thing is like when the jeans start to smell of jeans. Do you know what I mean? Like we're like I. They say you shouldn't taste, really wash like, jeans. They don't. They? Taste. I mean, I iron kind of smell. I'm like this. Oh, I can't I do this. But at the same time, I really don't like having faded black jeans anymore. Although True. it's quite a trend, I'm like I just want a really nice classic black. pair of black jeans Instead as of I set out to buy though, them <laughs> you can like dye have you seen like you can yeah, buy the, black dye yeah but Does then the dye is not good because it, is it not well no think about it that, isn't it better that though di- than like buying a new pair yeah but in terms of it draining away like dye into our drains and stuff it's oh, really not so. good <laughs> so actually it's what's like what's the better option then though? I don't know someone help us it's like a lack of education <laughs> as you can like, tell we're just for the common person that's not but i think everyone's interested. uneducated in terms of that's sustainability. what i'm saying but like unless you go out and seek the information it's not there and it's like this is such a huge issue why why is it so yeah. hard to yeah. get information yeah like, i know it's a joke i don't get it like they should be kind of pushing this stuff on yeah. us like rather than trying to like keep it from us it just doesn't make sense let's move on to music is that is there any music, music you've been listening to you know i haven't really been listening to that much recently because i've been more into podcasts i did go to um all points east oh festival. my god you saw mumford and the sun i did mumford and the huns, as <laughs> mumford and huns. i totally stole that <laughs> caption so i can't take i love it. that that was great though i loved it <laughs> I went to um, All Points East with some friends, which is in Victoria Park, and I actually live pretty close to Victoria Park, so oh, it was so out. convenient. And it was so warm that oh weekend God, in London. Um, we saw Mumford and Sons, who I have actually seen once before, but I remember when I saw them. Oh, God, they're them, amazing now. I didn't really, I wasn't really watching that much, so yeah. it was nice to, like, see them properly. And who else did I see? Leon Bridges, who I really there. like. It's a guy, American guy. guy. And uh, the vaccines. Oh, the vaccines. Yeah, who I'd seen before when they were in Norwich. But yeah, they they only had literally like one new song since I saw them like two years ago. The thing is, their music will just go on and live forever. It's a bit like the XX or people like that. Do you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Or yeah, and it's just, it will live on forever and everyone knows their songs. So it's great. Exactly. I've just been this like reminiscing. I think since then, like listening to that's nice. Stuff, I go through stages nice. like that. Like I keep on adding old stuff to my new playlist. I'm like, mm-hmm. what am I doing? Like, but Dizzy it's Rascal so good. Is Dizzy Rascal. <laughs> which is oh, so funny. Oh my god, did like, he perform Bonkers? He did. <gasps> <laughs> Holiday. So funny. Yeah. <gasps> All the bangers. Like, oh my god, I'm so jealous. There's one. Um, from Angus Songs and Public Snogging. Oh my an, god. Um, a Dizzy Rascal song in there. I can't think off the top of my head which one. Dance with me. Come yes, dance with yes, me. Come dance with me. Yeah. And it just takes me back to like year Oh my 11. god, that is the best song ever. Honestly, you're taking me back now. And I found some other ones um, that like I found when I was visiting my boyfriend in Sheffield and we were all like looking at old tunes and I was like, who remembers I love these? It. And we were having a whole evening of just showing each other old music. I was like, this is so weird that this is stuff we grew up with. That... I like to listen to that kind of stuff. So like I. when I go out, like that's my good perfect feeling. night is like, uh, like, 
kind of naughties, like reminiscent, like cheese But our music. naughties is nothing compared to like other people's naughties. Do you know what I mean? Like it's so funny. Mm-hmm. I was gonna see what I had in, on my playlist. Yeah, what's what have going you on? Been listening but to? obviously, I have to say about my favorite band in London the history Grammar. of the universe. <laughs> London Grammar is back with a song, with a new song, with Flume, which is really interesting because Flume is not London Grammar, but I always wanted them to collaborate with somebody like Flume or someone like Calvin Harris or even someone like Eminem. Um, I think they make for really interesting music, that Eminem Mm. song with like Scarlet Grey, if you can remember them. No. Well, I'm not going to try, like, sing <laughs> some like of the old songs I did. juxtaposition. But juxtaposition, yeah, and I think it works actually really well. So they've brought out a song with Flume. Um, obviously, Hannah's singing, um, doing the vocals, but it's just blowing me away. Like, I absolutely I absolutely love experimental music. Um, and they are that perfect experimental and kind of modern. Like, a lot mm. of people know London Grammar, but at the same time, they, they're not, like, your norm norm music band that's quite famously known they are quite they are quite underground but they do have definitely a few songs that a lot of people know either it's been on adverts or do you know Mm, what i mean they're kind of like they are kind of that established apart from that like i'm gonna have a little look but oh my god dido (laughs) dido has a new album out and dido is incredible white flag yeah white flag everything she's got well she's got a whole new album out but hurricanes is the best Mm -hmm. i'm obsessed like, what was wrong with me? Um, what else? Noel Gallagher has a new song out. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Yeah, it's just a bit of everything, to be honest. Endubs. My my whole playlist is number one. Papa, can you hear me? Strong again. <laughs> All the old tunes. Or the streets fit. But, but don't you know, know it. it. Yeah. That reminds me of first year at uni. So, there we go. Or the temper trap, sweet disposition. Yeah, it's like high there we school, go. like year nine, I think. Yeah, yeah. All the tunes, or Nelly Furtado, or yeah, it's amazing. Rudimental. I'm loving it all. I'm just nice. realizing how precious <laughs> these I old love songs it. are. They like. just bring me back to like being in high school, which for me, like high school was a good time. So like, it takes me back to like Definitely. good times. What about um, TV programmes? Have you finished watching Line of Duty? Because you were a massive yes. Line of Duty fan. I really like Line of Duty. Which is so funny because everybody at work is saying the same thing. You need to watch Line of Duty. But I'm one of those people that first started season one when it came out. Mm. And it's only now that people are watching it from the beginning. Like, they've only just clocked onto Line of Duty, yeah, if that makes we, sense. we only clocked on. But I knew about it when they first released the first season. Watched yeah. it, was not impressed at all, and everybody said the same. Like, season one was quite I crap. I liked it. Or considerably crap to them what happened. It is So now, better. I think it's because they've got funding, yeah, and they've honest, they've been, on, like, obviously been able to, like, flourish the show more and stuff. Backing, yeah. yeah, more backing behind them. So I think I'm going to attempt to give it another go. I think you should. Yeah, we watched all of, like, Line of Duty because there was a lot of hype around the most recent series. And we were like, we should just start from the beginning. There wasn't really anything on television, like, at that point in time. So, like, we were happy to just kind of binge the whole thing. And we we did, like, we binged it. Like, we were watching kind of two episodes a night. And they are, like... 45, 50 minutes long. Oh, it's so like me like with um, Killing Eve or Sex Education. I binged it. All of those, you know. yeah. So we finished that and then we watched Chernobyl. Noble. Chernobyl. Oh, Chernobyl. Is it Noble? No. Um, Which is like Chernobyl, quite an important yeah. watch. I think, no, if you can see. Watch it. So I'm that freak that watches all the YouTube 
real time Chernobyl things. Like yeah. I've 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 kind of learned about it um, the last couple of years mm-hmm. in terms of just watching people who either go visit or um, are kind of reenacting scenes from like documentaries that have previously been done. I find stuff like that really interesting. I've always been really interested by kind of I don't really know much about it because obviously it was before our era but did you never know like all the famous pictures of like that carousel like with the backdrop of all the trees with no plants on like they had they made for very famous images but I didn't really know anything about it and I think probably a lot of people in my shoes that didn't know no probably for our age generation as well but yeah and I think they I mean it's it it's not really talked about over here is it i heard that russia are making their own version oh are they they're not happy with how it was done was it american there we go um which is interesting interesting yeah because i mean you've got to kind of expect that oh yeah they're gonna tell it they're gonna be like you know for your entertainment yeah (laughs) as it says on tally i bet that their version is going to be even less realistic probably do you reckon yeah because they're it's like they made a lot of mistakes yeah true. so they're gonna try and cover up anyway yeah it'd be interesting to see the difference though yeah because i haven't personally watched it's gonna all be in russian though probably i haven't watched a series i've watched some clips on youtube of most the most horrific parts and Mm -hmm. my god it is quite graphic but i think that obviously adds to like the tragedy and how severe it was and actually shows like what a disaster Mm -hmm. um it was which is important to highlight it's it was massive you know yeah and like life is only just beginning to grow like from watching the clips of like drones flying over there yeah literally you can see it like a straight down the line one side plants are growing like fine and blah blah blah. the other side is obviously um like the danger zones and where it's just beginning to flourish again so interesting crazy um but yeah we're also watching so there's a lot of things that have just come out recently second series of Killing Eve yeah and Big Little Lies (gasps) I can't wait to start Big Little Lies I'm so excited oh my god and um I feel like there's something else but I'm not sure off the top of my head Big Little Lies is amazing the cast is so strong I didn't personally know Zoe Kravitz very well before starting Netta Porter and kind of her mum Lisa Bonet um just really interesting characters and, so and people and like Mel Streep's in it this time I know crazy like can you throw any more incredible people in there I just love um Reese Witherspoon Reese Witherspoon yeah no I'm I a Nicole her. Kidman fan through and through I think she's amazing mm. I watched her on Top of the Lake and if you watch Top of the Lake my god one of the best things I've ever watched and she plays the mum in it about a girl that goes missing it, it's absolutely incredible like best thing I'll ever watch. It's a bit mm-hmm. like Killing Eve, but without the humour. <laughs> and um, like everyone in the world, we're uh, watching Love Island. Love Island. <laughs> like everyone, how can you uh, avoid I'm actually, it? I hate the fact that I love it, and I genuinely hate the fact I love it. Mm. Like it's it's not something that I'm proud of. It just gives me a bit of consistency in my life, which is like it a little bit. It gives me consistency. Annoying. I'm not spending as much money when I go out in the evenings because I'm like, I'm gonna go home. I'm gonna cook dinner. I'm gonna watch Love Island. It means I'm not going out for meals. True. <laughs> um, but also, I do find myself kind of, I don't know, just forming my own opinion yet again not that I'd ever publish it on Twitter or whatever but I think it's quite unhealthy the views it gives people Mm. um and a lot of it obviously is shared online I don't think it's healthy I really don't think it is but 
equally I'm very interested in seeing the psychology of how men take arguments with women differently to how women take arguments with men. Do you see what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. very interesting kind of observing the psychological kind of like an emotional aspect of it. Yeah. Um, and also it's just something to watch in the evenings and that. Mm-hmm. But I think, I, I, yeah, I don't like that I love it. Who are you liking? Who are you not liking? How are you well, it's going to be funny because when we air this, I know our, everything we'll, we'll, we'll have report changed. back. We'll report back on who we like then. Um, Amber is growing on me. A lot of people are fully support supporting her and love her. I'm getting there. I do think she's a bit fronty, and I think there's more barriers to be broken down. I think she actually is a really nice girl deep down, but she just has this edge. I know. At the beginning, bit, I thought she was really oh, rude. She is rude. She is really really kind of overly confident which I think can come across quite yeah rude. at the beginning I was like why why do people like her it's like it really annoyed me on the day de- like when she went on the date with Danny and um she was like she was like to him like which date's better yeah like, I didn't like that I thought it was if, really childish because she knew that like Yuan Day was gonna like like him and mm-hmm. I don't know she, she was just like pushing him to tell her well, it that he liked work. her. It didn't work. Yeah, and then when they came back and, like, she was talking about the day yeah. and Yuande was there and she was saying, oh, I didn't like him. He was like... But she was saying that just because yeah. he didn't like her. her. She yeah. was like, oh, I didn't like him. Like, she was kind of brushing him off. It's like, he was this, it's he like, was oh, that. like, oh, he doesn't get your humour. And Yuande was like, rude. Oh, but, but I liked him yeah. kind of thing. And I felt, like, really bad for her. I was like... She, Amber's just slagging him off when we we all knew as like an, all the audience yeah. that Yuande liked him. I don't know. I think she was just quite cruel in some. I think Mora is like Marmite. I think you either like her or you hate her. Um, she's just a bit much. She she's just too much. Cringe. I don't hate. I don't hate her. Like I don't dislike her. I don't hate anybody in the villa. But I think. She can be a bit too much. I reckon she might. She might be a goner, you know. Yeah, and also I think it's just a bit. She's very vocal about her kind of sexual desires, and I, I, it does make me feel slightly uncomfortable. And just it's to not extent, even like, like yeah, feminist things. It's like the boys don't talk about it either. So it's not like oh, let her talk about. But what I she think wants, that is I Love totally Island like get. playing on it, don't you think? Yeah, but like, like I'm pretty sure the boys have said some like stuff about the girls like oh look at her ass and crude stuff but they've just not aired that but they're airing Maura to look like she's like they're playing on her being a sexualised character yeah that's probably true and um I think that has been a problem in the past with you know certain people on the shows and I I don't yeah I think it's been really traumatic and I, I definitely think there needs to Somehow be changes moving forward and kind of, like, the well-being for each person that goes in there. They True. definitely need to work on it. She's definitely made it much more exciting. That's all Lamora. I can say. Like, it was pretty dull before it's she came in. It's been a bit dull. The first two seasons, I don't know if you watched them, they were the best. They were... Like, I was in hysterics every night. They'd all be, like, playing murder in the dark. Like, someone would pretend to, like, walk around the room and be, like, sleepwalking. They'd all be... It was just, it was so much better because also they didn't realise what it would do for their careers, really. So they were actually genuinely in there for the experience. Now people are like, it's going to better my career in the future. So they go in and they kind of just put up with this love and it's temporarily. And then they come out and they're like, got themselves, you know, the fame or the fortune that they so desired. But I think in the first two seasons, it was really interesting because it, 
you know, people kind of knew of it because it, mm. it originally used to be a thing, right? But um, not to this extent. And like a, a lot of people from the first is. two seasons are still together. There's a kid. There's two kids from it. Mm. Um, it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. And I think Alex and Olivia were the season where it then kind of blew I agree, up. Yeah. And they changed the villa. They changed every, like it all just mm-hmm. you know really changed dramatically. Yeah. You've been listening to any podcast? Do you listen to podcasts? Uh, I just listened to the High Low with mm. Pandora Sykes and Dolly Alderton. They are my favourite. I just think they make really light-hearted conversation in the most serious of current affairs, mm. um, and just some really interesting very things. Very, very witty. Yeah, and I think they're the sort of things that I really love to listen to because I'm not like that at all. Mm. So um, it makes for something really entertaining, very but very like educational. Yeah. Um, and I listened to um, Desert Island Discs today. Mm-hmm. I l- listened to Alan Carr. And it's about his upbringing and him sharing his favourite, obviously, music. Mm-hmm. It was brilliant. And I, I never knew that he came from, like, two generations of his... Um, male relatives like his dad and his granddad that they were like professional footballers <laughs> and football coaches funny. and obviously Alan Carl grew up quite differently yeah um and was bullied through kind of high school and stuff um mm-hmm. for being gay but he never knew it was an issue yeah other people formed an issue mm-hmm. um it's a few interesting, very interesting ones that I've listened to the, yeah there's um Mary Berry did one, and oh. I just love Mary Berry, so like that was a good one. And um, Louis Theroux, he did Theroux, one. Oh God, he's. Oh, I'm not sure about him, Beth. <laughs> I'm really not sure about him. Everyone's like, I love Louis Theroux. I don't get it. I don't know why I'm not getting it. I don't. I he's just such a dad. That's he's why so I like him, middle I class. Like he comes across a twat. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's just a dad. I think that's why people like him because he's such like no, a dad. I think figure. he. No, I think. He can be quite insensitive with some subjects. Like, I watched him going into, like, one of the biggest ghettos in America. And obviously he sticks out like a sore thumb. But I just don't think he was very sensitive to things they experienced over there. And his approach with some stuff, like, I don't know. That's fair enough. I'm not 100% sold on him. I love Stacey Dooley. I think she's, like, the balance of humour and can get to people I don't know mm-hmm. if, maybe I just haven't seen it from Luther yet maybe I need to persevere more I really like it. but sorry continue that's alright because I just in, really interrupted you is that anything else? Hmm. not really too much for a podcast gal are you? I'm not no but you said you were listening to Luther and I listen to quite a lot because just with the work that I do I'm like out and about quite mm. a lot so I like to be listening to something and sometimes <sighs> God, it's nine. Sometimes music can just get a bit, like, I don't know, listening to the same stuff all the time. So I've been listening to, at the moment, I also listen to High Low because that's come back. So I've been listening to that. Um, I listen to um, Woman's Hour, mm-hmm. which is really interesting. They've done, like, a series recently on teenage mental health. Mm, that's which interesting. Which is interesting. Yeah. And it's like... You know, they get their facts together. So I think it's like very it really educational that do it. I don't know. Makes me feel like a bit of an old woman, but I quite enjoy it. And um, I also listen to the um, Love Island podcast because I'm really lame. 
No, a few people I know are listening to that. Yeah. Is it worth it? I don't know. It's like half an hour long. So it's kind of like just kind of something else to listen yeah. to. It's with um, Kem co-hosts it. Oh, Kem oh, from Chris and Kem. Yeah. You don't like him either. No, no. It's not that <laughs> I don't love them or like love them. It's not that I don't like them. It's just I feel like it's too much Love Island for I me. know. It is a lot. I don't know when's... But I could easily probably get into it, but I feel yeah. like I'm not going to give it that opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> because I would. That's yeah. what I mean, like, with mm, Love Island. I know. I should have like, just not stop. watched it, and then I would have been too many episodes to catch up with, and then I would have just been like, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. But no, I'm fully there. What else I listen to? Um, Estee Lalonde's podcast, On The Line. She does some quite interesting Amazing. ones. And hold on one second... The Receipts podcast, have you ever heard of that? No. It's like three black women who are just very funny, very honest, Mm -hmm. just talk about like everything, like things that you wouldn't think people would be willing to talk about. Oh, I love sorts of, that makes for great. Which is good. Great listening. Yeah, Um, I love that. Fern Cotton's Happy Place. No, never heard of that, but I do like Fern Cotton. She's so soothing and it comes out on a Monday, a Monday morning and it's like... Like, I need this to, like, Oh, my God, you binge a lot of podcasts. I do. Um, The Pretty Little Thing one. What do you think of it? I don't know. Like, I'm not that interested in most of the people that they have on. But, like I say, like, I have a lot of time to listen to stuff. So I will just listen to most things that I'm subscribed to, even if I don't. Some things are really interesting. I love learning about, like, certain celebrities or influencers and their upbringing and stuff like that. Um... But, oh, bless you. It's okay. <laughs> um, but I feel like to round this up, because we have been actually on here for nearly five minutes. We have a Q&A to kind of end with. Um, mm-hmm. We've got a few questions sent through to us via our social media, uh, which I think would just be great if anybody has oh, mm-hmm. held on this long um, to go through. So did you want to make a start? Have you got your questions up? Because we got yes. some separate ones, didn't we? So... Um, mum was just basically about um, how I got into visual merchandising mm-hmm. so just briefly like I know we've touched on this before but I did a project in my second year for Jigsaw mm-hmm. which ended up being like a window display based project yeah. and that kind of ignited that so it was kind of through chance mm-hmm. and then because of that project I got my internship at Vision Westwood which was a um, VM-based one. Yeah. And then from there, I was able to progress into other visual merchandising-based internships because kind of once I had that one under my belt, other people were much more willing to uh, interview me or have me as an intern. Yeah, for sure. So then that kind of led on from there. So I had, like, a few VM internships, and then I was able to get a job in Mm. VM. Kind of that was the cycle. So if you're interested in VM make sure your um, uni course like you tailor that to vm and then your makes your portfolio really relevant to vm and then you can pitch it to these vm internships get the vm internships and then you can like get a job in vm like it's it's, yeah i feel like if you just specialize in it for a while then that is obviously your strongest work and it's going to shine through. Yeah, So, Yeah, I think it's good to, like, refine yourself, like, if you can, if you're in a situation where you... 
you can know always what you yeah do. don't be scared by it because you can always diversify later oh my God, like completely. don't feel like you're putting yourself in a box and because you're not also like if in terms of like applying for vm positions just show them what they would want to see yeah so you can like tailor separate portfolios Every time I apply yeah. for something new, exactly. I always change because they have different portfolio. job descriptions and stuff. Regardless, so it's great to show the repre- the you know the work that represents the title that you're going up for. Of course, that's really interesting. Yeah. What did I get? I got how to go about finding a job, graduate job in London. I definitely say the best way for you is to get an internship. Interning is the way. Um. Also, because it gives you a realistic view if you will like the industry, because it's actually very different to working it from observing totally. it from an outsider. Yeah. So I would be making contact with brands or companies that you like via social media channels. Stay up to date with like people. Um, also, if you can find anyone that works for that company, I think that's a really great way to then get in contact and make those initial steps with people. Yeah. Um, and very fast off that, you'll find your feet in terms of um, future job roles. Because mm-hmm. I think once you've learned, you know, what there is to learn quite quickly, you will then be steered up for yeah. future future jobs. Mm-hmm. So, um. Yeah, I think also it can be quite confusing if you're not from London and you're looking for a London job, so... I just think it just doesn't... You don't just fall into a job. It's not that easy, unfortunately. You don't, but at the same time, like, sometimes I think too much planning fears people off. And I think Mm. you have to be willing to take this kind of risk in the first place. You do just have to intern. In every um, kind of person I know has had to intern first like it doesn't really happen in the fact that you just get a job straight away like interning is the way in like there's no secret i got some others so how do you find the industry in london compares to at home um i wasn't and have never been in the industry in norwich um i know there's some some great little creative hubs that are like kickstarters and stuff or quite established companies or agencies and they are probably really quite interesting for me it was about the clientele in london and the bigger brands are based in london um and for me i followed that because i wanted to be kind of more in the luxe sector so how do i find the industry compares i just think a bit less laid back don't you think everything in norfolk's a bit yeah it's longer hours Mm mm-hmm it's less laid back, but also I think you can get a lot more from it because there's a lot of people from different walks of life in London. You'll meet a lot of people that have worked in from like different countries. Like they might have been in New York and worked there mm-hmm. for a year. They might have been here. They might know this person. And everybody that I have worked with, even at my first job at Porter, I would say a majority of them have come from other magazines mm-hmm. um and then you can meet them or go mm-hmm. out for drinks so it it connects you to a wider audience yeah i definitely think if you are interested in the fashion industry you should try and be in london if finances mental health whatever allows yeah, allows you like i would definitely try because it's just the pool is much bigger much bigger um this is one that we can both answer I want to transform my feed and gradually become a lifestyle influencer. Any advice? 
I think to become a lifestyle influencer is really great just to show those more candid shots of you traveling around like not too staged because I like although I do really love imagery that's um like oh my god I'd never go there it looks really expensive blah blah, blah. I love lifestyle bloggers that show me something that actually I could go to mm-hmm. <laughs> um that's gonna make me want to look at your content personally um because I'm like oh my god I might explore going here next summer or something like that like that's the sort of personal stuff that I want to see yeah I think in terms of how you gradually transform a feed and become a lifestyle influencer is definitely being in contact with like travel pages or lifestyle um you know like accounts um reposting building established relationships with other people and experimenting with the media you obviously put up have a quite a big array of different stuff Mm -hmm. i think i'd say like if it's lifestyle i mean it could literally be anything yeah which i think is great Mm -hmm. and um some people might put like i don't know the breakfast they had up or the them yeah, next to the sea a lot of and lifestyle instagram it is some of my favorite content actually yeah a lot a lot of people do fashion lifestyle and it's i love it it's my favorite i watch content. A more like lifestyle on youtube because mm. i find it really soothing yeah. yeah like just to watch people do like normal things i don't yeah. know what it is like you know people doing like a food shop haul or so, something like that it's just like true I don't know, like sometimes like the more mundane the more relatable very soothing yeah i, I think it's more the relatable it it's weird isn't it yeah i think it's just a bit of comfort yeah because it's because like you're kind of if i'm on my own one evening and also i feel like, like there's someone. a there's nice. a bigger audience of people who are conveying this plush life to mm. i know what you in mean. proportion to people that aren't if that yeah. makes sense um I don't so for me it's like, like actually yeah. i just don't have that time now to be like oh yeah look at your amazing holiday like just although i do occasionally yeah I but yeah it's just it. not good for my mental well-being um last but not least how did you get your job at porter so it worked through a referral um somebody i was working with at vogue got in contact with a friend that he had at porter and just simply asked hi mate do you have any current vacancies and she actually said, yes, I'm actually leaving. Um, they're looking to, like, wiggle somebody in, hopefully. Um, could she please, like, send over her, her portfolio and stuff? Um, so I attached it all and then was fortunate to have an interview and I was successful. So it did work uh, on referral, but I don't know these people well. They don't know me well. You know, it's like, it's great if you do know them, but I still had to put effort into interviewing and process yeah, and tasks and stuff. Um, but that is how, so it was like an initial contact through, um, Vogue that I made, which I'm very thankful for because I've learned so much working in e-commerce, um, in this year, you know, I've interned, I would have interned three places before I got hired at Porter. So mm-hmm. just in the last year I've worked for four companies, Yeah, crazy, which is pretty nuts. But, um, okay. I feel like well, that's it. if you have anything else that you want to ask us feel free um our insta handles are at beth polter underscore and at live harold which is a weird spelling h-a-double-r-o-u <laughs> we'll leave L-D. it in the, um, yeah. in the notes so. we'll leave it in the notes but yes we hope you enjoyed if you have any questions regarding our topics or anything 
that you want to kind of speak about, let us know. Like, it's, it would be interesting to know mm-hmm. what content you're all liking. Yeah, what you want to see more of. Yeah. Hear more of, I guess. I know, <laughs> I keep forgetting to say that. But yeah, that's okay. it for now. Until next time. <laughs> I've been Beth. And I've been Liv. See you later. Bye. Bye.